This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Internal troubles at OpenAI, the company behind ChatGPT, have led to its high-profile CEO, Sam Altman, being sacked. And then efforts to reappoint him were launched after investors, including Microsoft, let it be known they weren't happy. It's all pretty messy, and it's consequential to the development of one of the world's most important tech companies. So in this Squish Shortcut, we're going to look at who Sam Altman is, his role in building OpenAI, and why what happens to him matters. Squish Shortcuts is your backstory to the big news stories. I'm Alex Ty. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, I'm a fan and user of ChatGPT, so I have been aware of Sam Altman, the CEO of the company behind that AI chatbot. And I was, like everybody who has been following this, really shocked to hear that he had been fired. Alex, as you know, this isn't a podcast about you and about how your reactions to this in real time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it certainly was a surprise that Sam Altman, who has been a really popular and powerful figure, was sacked from that company. He's widely respected in the tech industry. He's also worked closely with politicians in the United States on shaping regulations in the industry. Uh, and until the news on Friday, He's really been the face of generative AI. Yes. So before we get into that technology, let's cover off the human element, though. Sam Altman was born in 1985 in Chicago, and he grew up in the city of St. Louis in Missouri, which is in the Midwest of America. Which by my maths, Alex, means that he's just 38 years old. Yes. Uh, he said in a profile in The New Yorker that growing up gay in the Midwest in the 2000s was not the most awesome thing. Uh, and so computers really became a way for him to interact with the world. He said that finding AOL chat rooms was transformative. If you need that unpacked, an AOL chat room, uh, it was an early internet forum where you could talk anonymously with strangers, which sounds pretty old hat now, but it was the way to find your people back in the early days of the internet. And we should say as well that Sam Altman learned to code at age eight, and that was an interest that took him all the way to Stanford University, where he studied computer science for two years. In true Silicon Valley tradition, he never finished that degree. He dropped out to work on a startup app. The thing to note about that is that Altman and his app were part of a startup accelerator called Y Combinator. Yes, and Y Combinator is important to this story. So we should pause here and explain what a startup accelerator is. The basic idea is that people with a business idea join an accelerator, which gives them some money and mentorship to launch their business. And Y Combinator has been the most successful of these accelerators. Yeah, certainly when it comes to tech, Y Combinator is known to be about the best in the world. And reports say that he worked so hard during his time there that he got scurvy, which really is quite an effort. Um, the app that he worked on ended up not being all that important. It was an app for friends to share their locations with each other. It eventually sold at a loss. But Y Combinator had other big successes like Reddit, Dropbox and Airbnb. Those are some pretty good shoulders to rub there. And as Y Combinator was growing, Altman stayed part of that community. He even gave some early advice to the founders of Airbnb. 
So he was becoming a popular leader in the Silicon Valley startup world. And then when the original founder of Y Combinator wanted to step down, he turned to Sam Altman and asked him if he would be the next president. Yeah, and Altman accepted that. And in his new role as president, he went about expanding the ambition of the startup accelerator. He wanted the tech world to not only make consumer apps that made money, but also to use technology to solve some of the world's biggest problems. So we're talking about things like the future of energy and medicine. He was also, though, at the time, a doomsday prepper. Reports say that he had a stash of guns, gold, water, gas masks, all the things you need to survive an apocalypse, stashed away in the event of a big disaster. And one of the dangers that he was most worried about was runaway artificial intelligence. Yeah, he had a fear that that would eventually turn around and attack humanity. So in order to counter that risk in his spare time, what he did was band together with other leaders in the tech industry. That included Elon Musk. And they started a not-for-profit dedicated to adverting the risk of world-ending artificial intelligence. And that organisation was called OpenAI. And that is the company that Sam Altman was just forced out of. So let's get into that next. So Claire, you've got this smart and popular and successful tech entrepreneur who is worried about the existential risk of artificial intelligence, so he starts a not-for-profit company. Yeah, so this is back in 2015, and Altman hired the best artificial intelligence researchers with the idea of pushing forward AI research with a focus on safety, which sounds a bit vague, and that's probably because it is. Reports at the time said that OpenAI's mission was vague and that even people within the tech world didn't really understand it. But inside OpenAI, one thing was becoming clear, and that was that they needed money to build and train AI models for research purposes and otherwise. Yes. So the thing about building AI models, it takes enormous computing power, which costs millions upon millions of dollars. Claire, you mentioned Elon Musk earlier. He was one of the people who embraced the early approach of open AI, and he said that he wanted the company to be an open and not-for-profit counterweight to Google. But the need for cash to pay for computing became too great, and eventually, in 2019, OpenAI became a for-profit company. Yeah, and that attracted criticism at the time, including from AI researchers within OpenAI. A group of their employees even split off and started their own rival artificial intelligence company with the explicit goal of AI safety. But moving forward, the new for-profit structure allowed OpenAI to raise one billion US dollars. That was an investment from Microsoft. That billion dollars from Microsoft was a commercial deal that led to very big things. In 2020, OpenAI released the language model GPT-3, and then a year later, they released DALI, which is a piece of technology that can generate any image that you ask for. But those tools were laying the groundwork for the release of ChatGPT in November 2022. Isn't it just so hard to believe that it has just been a year since ChatGPT was released? Of course, it's the chatbot which allows you to type a conversation with this artificial intelligence. It can give you recipe ideas or help you with code or any number of things that you can think of. It's become hugely popular. We don't have the exact numbers, but a rough figure is that 
that 100 million people in the first month signed up to get an account to use ChatGPT. The launch of ChatGPT caused a huge shift in the tech industry. It is really hard to overstate just how massive that shift has been. Microsoft's stock climbed since the launch of ChatGPT, and Microsoft has now built an integration of that AI into their search engine, Bing. That caused alarm bells to go off at Google, which is said to be reorienting its business around AI. So it has been industry changing. And we should also say, Claire, for good reason, it is an amazing piece of technology. Yeah. And as a result, it's made Sam Altman the face of the AI industry. That was confirmed when he appeared before that congressional committee earlier this year in the United States calling for the government to regulate the AI industry. He said that he was happy to help out with that and participate in any number of forums to actually come to the answer. But it seemed like Altman really would be front and centre of that new AI future for quite some time. That was until the end of last week when the board of OpenAI decided to fire Altman. But Claire, before we get into that, who is on this board? Yeah, it's very easy to talk about the board firing him, but it is worthwhile just talking about who is on the OpenAI board. It's not as many people as you might think. Uh, Before the events of last week, there were six people on the board. That included Sam Altman and also his friend Greg Brockman, who is the president of OpenAI. And there are four others. There's a man, Ilya Siskiva. He's the chief scientist at OpenAI. There's Adam D'Angelo, who's the CEO of the website Quora. Also, Tasha McCauley, who's an entrepreneur and a management scientist with connections to that sort of safety conversation around artificial intelligence, and Helen Toner, who works at the Georgetown Centre for Security and Emerging Technology. So commentators have talked a bit in the last few days about the unusual way that open AI is structured. And one thing that keeps coming up is that the board are the original people who joined when the mission of open AI was to stop AI from destroying humanity. Yeah, and the point is that open AI is now a very commercial business, that it's doing these multi-billion dollar deals, Um, even though Microsoft has now invested a reported $13 billion in open AI. The company has commercial deals with other tech companies, as well as backing from venture capital firms. So there is a lot of money and a lot of commerciality around open AI, but their board have backgrounds from very different perspectives. Yes, so there could be a bit of a disjoint there. Now, on to the firing. The board released a statement after firing Altman saying that he was not consistently candid in his communications with the board, hindering its ability to exercise its responsibilities. So that's not very specific, and it has left a lot of room for speculation about why exactly Altman was fired. Yeah, and if you're looking at any of the articles on this at the moment, there is a real rush to get to the bottom of exactly what the issue was with Altman and the board. And in a sign of his popularity, there's been an outcry from people across the industry, including among OpenAI staff and their investors, and that's seen a lot of pressure applied to OpenAI and the board to reinstate state him. Exactly. And that pressure led to a frantic few days of negotiations between OpenAI's investors and the board to see if Altman could be returned as CEO. 
But in the end, those talks broke down, and in another shock twist, Altman was then immediately hired by Microsoft to lead an advanced research lab there. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella said that Altman would set a new pace for innovation, which appears to be a swipe at the caution of the OpenAI board. And that is your shortcut to Sam Altman and OpenAI. Now, onto our recommendations. Each week on the podcast, we suggest further reading, watching, or listening on the topic. And Claire, this week, I'm going to point people towards the New Yorker profile of Sam Altman from back in 2016. It is a really deep, great profile and fascinating to read in light of the latest news. Yeah, good one. And look, from my part, I reckon you should listen to our shortcut on artificial intelligence from June. It's just really good to get your head around the basics again. We will have links to both of those in the show notes. And that is it for us. If you like what you heard, please tell people about the podcast. And if you have any requests, you can send them through to hello at thesquiz.com.au. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us. Tell your family. Tell your barista. Tell your hairdresser. Whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.